Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like I do that from my small office, in my small perch, in my small sphere of influence, there isn't much that I can do to affect some of the big issues that are going on all around us? And they are big. Uh, global pandemic, national economic upheaval, conversations across the country about racial injustice, throw in some hurricanes, and an election. And we've got big issues going on all around us. So if you're at all like me, I look at those things that are going on and I feel a little bit like the cityscape behind me. I'm just a little individual that's trying to make sense of these towers of problems around us and these big issues that have to be confronted. Certainly my small microphone and my limited experiences couldn't help contribute to what needs to happen as we find ourselves in such interesting times. Well, I've been thinking a lot about this. And in fact, I came across a great quote from a business school professor at Harvard who was talking about the strategies that people are taking and the conversation that's been happening around the country about the need for the national vaccine and for big solutions to be in place before we move on from the pandemic. And he was writing about the simple fact that we as individuals can make small decisions and small contributions that allow us to be able to move the needle for where we are today. He said, big problems get tackled through a series of small solutions, each of which on its own may not seem particularly important, but that together can have a huge impact. So what was interesting is I read that quote as I was reminded of a Bible verse that many of us have known since we were young. Zechariah wrote in his fourth chapter, who dares despise the day of small things? So what I'd like to ask is, how are we taking advantage of small things that we can do to be able to contribute to our families, to our communities, to our workplaces in big ways? You know, as we look at Zechariah's words, one of the things that I'm constantly reminded of is that the Israelites that he was speaking to found themselves in a pretty desperate situation too. The exiles had just returned from Babylon, and over 20 years, they started and stopped a series of initiatives that would try to rebuild Jerusalem back up. And if you think about it, they were confronted every day with the rubble and the debris of their problems. And one of the things that was important was to rebuild the temple once they got back. But for 20 years, they had had these fits and starts and nothing had really happened. And so God sent a series of prophets to be able to speak to the leaders of Jerusalem to encourage them to be able to move forward on rebuilding the temple. And so what's interesting is in 2020, where we find ourselves dealing with situation where there seems like there's a lot of debris of economic calamity, there's a lot of rubble of missed dreams and missed opportunities, I think the words of Zechariah are just as relevant to help encourage us to think about small things that we can do to be able to make a difference for him. So let's pick it up by looking at Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1. Then the angel of the Lord, who talked with me, returned and woke me up, like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, what do you see? And I just want to stop right there, because even in that first verse, I'm reminded that over the course of the last few months, if you're anything like me, it has been a real temptation to just hit the snooze button on all that's going on around us. Sometimes the pain seems too great, the problems seem too big, that it's easy just to be lulled into inaction. Just to say, hey, 
I'm going to wait for other people to solve this problem. I'm going to wait for the circumstances to get a little bit easier before I start to respond to what God would have me to do. And what I love about this is in Zechariah 4.1, the angel is saying to Zechariah, wake up, get ready to be able to be used by God. And I think that that's a real challenge for us, not to just simply sit around and be asleep, but to find a way for us to be encouraged and enthused and awakened by the opportunities that God gives us in circumstances like this. So let's pick it up in verse 2. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it, with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. Verse 4, I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So we see this back and forth in the first five verses of Zechariah. And what's interesting to me is as we look at that, these questions, I believe, are an invitation for us to go to God with the hard issues that we find ourselves in and simply ask, what are you trying to teach me through this? What are these things? And, you know, oftentimes, if you're like me, I think these things in my heart, but I'm often unwilling to bring them to God. And I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I feel like it might be rude for me to ask these raw questions to God. Maybe I feel like it's not my place to be able to ask these questions. But what I appreciate as I read these verses is that Zechariah was able to bring his questions. He didn't know what was going on. He wanted to know what these things were. And you know what? The angel answered him. So I want to ask you, what are the questions that are stirring in your heart right now about the circumstance that you find yourself in? And how do you find a way to be able to bluntly, honestly, and openly bring them to God for answers? I think that we are given permission to do that. And we shouldn't hold back with our questions. But if we're going to be serious about finding a way to have an impact for God, we've got to first understand the circumstances we're in and how he's using those circumstances to further the kingdom. So that ability and that invitation to ask questions, I think, is one of the principles that we get. But the other thing that I really appreciate is if you look in verse 5, Zechariah um, is asked, do you not know what these are? And Zechariah simply said, no, my Lord. And I love the humility of Zechariah there. Um, if you're like me, I often find myself wanting to make sure that I am so clear about what I know, that I'm so clear about how to explain what's going on, that I need to lean on my own knowledge and my own understanding of what's happening when people ask me about how to make sense of all that's going on around me. And oftentimes that leads to an inability to be able to have a relationship with them and to be able to speak into their lives. And what I love about this is that Zechariah was willing to say, I don't know. There was a humility that I think that we are called to have as we walk through this situation as well. How can we be humble about the fact that we don't have answers to everything? How can we be humble about the fact that we've got to learn about how God could use us and what God's trying to do as a part of the circumstances that we're finding ourselves in? So God calls us to ask questions, to ask big questions and to ask them with humility. But he doesn't stop there. If we're serious about not despising the day of small things by being able to act in small ways to make a big impact, we've also got to allow God to do the work. So let's pick it up at verse 6. So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, 
but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. You know, that verse, not by might, not by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, is one that many of us have heard for a long time. But when we find ourselves in a situation where there are big mountains ahead of us, where there are big impediments for us to be able to move forward, I think it becomes clearer and clearer that we have to heed this call. It's not about us doing the work. It's about allowing God to make the path for us to be able to be used by him. You know, as I think about the last five months, I can't tell you how many days I would sit there and think to myself, how do I make sure we've got enough revenue to keep our people employed? How do I make sure my family is safe? How do I make sure that there is a sense of normalcy in our lives? How do I, how do I, how do I? And what I think we see in these verses is that's the wrong question. It's how does God, how does he create opportunities for us to be able to serve him and to act in a way that not only allows new things to be accomplished, but I think it speaks to the second principle in a way that brings him glory. You know, at the end of that verse, the angel says to Zechariah, then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. We were going to see the Lord glorified in the fact that he was able to work in the lives of the exiles who had returned and were rebuilding the temple. And so what's interesting to me is before we start the work, before we actually take the small steps, I think we need to be very mindful of how do we use the circumstances we're in and the opportunities we're called to, to bring glory to God. How does he become the one who is um, receiving the spotlight as we move through these opportunities to lead? You know, it's interesting to me that when I go through those questions I asked earlier about how do I do things, and then even when I allow God to do the work, anytime that something positive happens, I'm pretty quick to make sure that I'm the one who gets the credit. I'm pretty sure to make sure that I feel that my children know that we made this decision and we moved forward together or that I was able to act. But I don't always think about how do I make sure that I'm shining the spotlight back on what God has accomplished so that through these periods, he's the one who's received the glory. So I just want to ask you, are you allowing God to take charge during this period of time? Are you saying to him that I trust you to move the mountain, to make the path, to create the ways that we ought to follow you in this period of uncertainty? And are you already thinking about the way that you can bring him glory by just allowing him to be the one who acts? So I think we're called to ask big questions in periods like this. I know we're called to allow God to do the work. But then finally, we have to act. I do think we're called upon to take the step forward to use the opportunities that God puts us in to be able to create influence and to create leadership that allows people to see how the kingdom can be impacted. Let's go back to Zechariah 4, verse 10. Here's the verse. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Then I asked the angel, 
What are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? He replied, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. You know, oftentimes I can intellectually ask the questions. I can, in my heart, assent to allowing God to be able to do the work, but then I stop and I spin around and I find myself distracted by other things that interest me or entertain me. And even though I feel the tug on my heart to step out in a way that God is leading me, I don't act. And one of the things that I hope that we see over the course of this study is that God wants us to act. He wants us to step out in partnership with him, following his lead. We have to be the ones who actually step out and do the work. You know, I mentioned that throughout uh, my childhood, I knew of this verse and I had always said um, and quoted it as who despises the day of small things. But what I loved about this translation is it asked who dares despise the day of small things. I think we're challenged to go out and take small steps for the Lord through these words. And you know, when you think about it, small steps can have a big impact. Um, there are lots of stories that you've heard that we can talk about where small investments can turn into a large payout or small steps can lead to a big strategy being able to be accomplished. But so often, if you're like me, I'm always focused on the big payout at the end or the big strategic decision that happens at the end of something rather than really spending time thinking about what are those individual small steps day in and day out that I need to take to be a leader for him. And so what I want to ask you to do is to think about why those small steps are important. Well, one, as we take small steps, we're moving forward. But it's easier to be able to adapt if we need to course correct. It's easier for us to be able to take shorter steps back if we need to go in a different direction that God is leading us. And what I love is that God doesn't just tell us to take short steps. He has us take short steps on a long runway of his purpose so that if we take some missteps as we step out, we don't fall off the cliff. We've got that long runway of his purpose to be able to make sure that we can keep moving forward but we're constantly called to be able to keep moving, take small steps that allow us to be able to be used by him. And what I love is when we look at this vision from Zechariah, not only does it serve as an opportunity for us to be able to make a dent in our communities, make a dent in our offices and in our homes, but it allows us to be recognized as people who trust God enough to be anointed to serve him. You know, at the end of that vision, when the angel says, do you not know what these are? And Zechariah says, no, my Lord. The angel says, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. What a great calling. What a great opportunity for us to think about that calling to be anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. So over the next couple of weeks, we are going to spend time thinking about how do we answer that call? How do we find ourselves as unlikely characters, just as Zechariah was, who find ourselves in really unlikely circumstances and get to do leadership with unlikely communities as a way for us to be able to think about living out our purpose for him. You know, in 2007, Nassim Taleb wrote a now famous book called Black Swan, which looked at the unpredictability of catastrophic events. 
And you know, it's been interesting. There's been a lot of back and forth about whether the global pandemic was a black swan event or not. I'll let you decide that for yourself. But I was kind of thinking about the question of with all of the things going on around us, again, the pandemic, the election, national economic upheaval, these conversations about racial injustice, hurricanes, what's more rare than a black swan? So I did a little Google search and I found out that it's actually a black flamingo. Um, and if you really want to have, uh, if you've got time on your hands, you might want to keep searching for even what's more rare than a, a black flamingo. But let's just settle on that, that this is a black flamingo year. And what I want us to do is over the course of the next weeks, recognize that we are in very unlikely times, but God is calling us to be unlikely leaders for him. So if you'll take the journey with me in this black flamingo year, what I hope we'll find is that we are called to take advantage of every small opportunity, every small step that God affords us to be able to use in our families, in our church, in our offices, in our community, in our life. But as we do it, we have the opportunity not only to make a dent in what is going on in the community and what's going on in the kingdom, but we have an even higher calling, and that's to bring glory to God. So I look forward to the next couple of weeks with you and let's get ready to look at what unlikely leadership means in a black flamingo year.